that stupid fucking mic, eh? Floppy dink mic. <laughs> hey, listen to Commander Cocoa Podcast, episode 54. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and today we continue the arc of opposition revisited with a combo list. Is it deck? Now hit our theme song! Hey Ryan, we're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole ton is going down. We're going to continue our arc of opposition with a deck that I assume you had a great time making. Oh, the the arc of opposition, both the first one and this second one, are the most challenging arcs to do because we can't just go out and find the decks. They don't exist really, right? Yeah, we have to... And we have to invent them. We were talking before the show. I found this one. It, it actually was a listener submission that I had to tweak a bunch. And yours for next week is something that you built from the ground up. And it was totally sucked, right? It hurt. I, I took physical damage bu- building that deck. It was so hard. Have you ever tried, anybody out there, to build a green-black EDH deck as a dredge player and have zero things that interact with the graveyard? Zero. And you play Dredge and Legacy, so like that's yeah, your jam, right? That's what I love to do. And uh it's not easy. There's one commander. There's one. <laughs> Spoiler for next week, I guess, as well. That's all we'll say. Yes, yes. We may or may not mention it at the bottom of the show, but for right now that's all we'll say. So I guess lube up your ear holes. This is the only time you're gonna hear me talk about a combo-less is it deck. And next week <laughs> is the only time you're gonna hear Brando talk about a non graveyard. Golgar, Golgari deck. Yes, it will never happen again. So mark this moment in time, and then next week's moment. In also, time also. Um, also mark our social media coordinates. Oh, nice oh. segue. I dig that. So we are Commander Cookout Podcast at Gmail dot com. That's where you can send any show suggestions, questions, comments. No nudes. Funny story about nudes in a minute. <laughs> We're also Commander Cookout on the. Everything, really. Now, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, edhrec.com, Patreon, and Podomatic, where we are desperately attempting to usurp the scrapbooking ladies and that other upstart Magic the Gathering podcast. Worst ever. Yes. In the history of things that are bad. And we're also CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. Tappedout.net is where you can see this deck list and any of the other deck lists we have talked about on the show or will talk about on future shows. Yeah, and Brando actually puts them all in their own individual folders per arc. So they're all organized into lists that uh, belong together as per the shows. Absolutely. Shoutouts? Shoutouts. Ooh, how about this? Before we do, we had made some recent changes to our Patreon. And I don't want to turn this into a commercial, but I do want to say we're working on some, uh, let's call them big things, with some other non-CCO people. We'll leave it at that. But if you want to head over, we did add some goals. Goals for 50, 60, 75, 85, 100, and 125 patron levels. So when we hit those, we do something. We just unlocked the 40 patron open flippy dot drinky infographic and rules. And people seem to like that because they were asking about it. We got lots of feedback on that so far. Also, anybody who's tried the game and has obviously enjoyed the game, send your stories. We'd love to hear them. For sure. And my favorite one, and it is the highest one because it's going to be the most time-consuming one at 125 patrons. It could mean additional CCO content. 
Ooh. Yeah, we would have a website theoretically by then. That's another one of the goals. And I don't know, maybe additional podcast content, maybe video content, maybe additional drinking game content. That's another one of the Patreon goals that we have. And if there's anything we know a lot about, it's magic drinking games. Yes, and there would be an additional infographic or infographics to go along with that. Yeah, if you think that openflippy.drink is the only drinking magic game that we've invented, you think wrong. Atraxa Bowl in Vegas. CMDR Central, they accepted the challenge. They're going down. Prepare to die. Jumbo Commander on YouTube, going down. Prepare to die. Commander's Brew, you're going down too. We've basically already killed you, so prepare to die. Also, check out Commander's Brew, Battle of Brews, their new video content. They have a Kickstarter started. They changed the name of it recently because Commander's Brawl kind of pulled the rug out from under their feet. So uh, check it out. Yeah, I bet that's going to be good. Maybe we'll even be on it. Ooh. Maybe I'll fly. I have a Toronto Blue Jays jersey on. Maybe I'll fly to Toronto, taking a game, and taking a Magic game. Yeah, or maybe they'll record an episode in Vegas. Who knows? Yeah. Suggestion, guys. Patreon shoutouts. First one. And sorry, we're going to butcher your name, even though you phonetically spelled it out for me. I'm still going to say it wrong. Akia Branvin Sionark? Akia Sionark? 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 That is, that's not what that word says, Ryan. That's, Funny nickname? That's not what it says. Based on the letters in it, I'm going to go Achichichia Sinark. Achichichia. Yeah. Everybody had those, right? The uh, little moss growing heads. There's Bob Rosses now. They're very popular. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Grow your own afro on Bob Ross. With plants. Yeah. Happy I, little plants. I wonder in when Canada legalizes it and in the states where it is legal or where it's not, uh, you can get like little marijuana chia pets. That smells so bad. <laughs> Next shout out. Andreas Schneider. The Schneeb. The Schneeb. I went to university with a guy with the last name Schneider, and we called him Schneebly. And Schneebly is just whatever. So, the Schneeb. The Schneeb. We had a nickname that sounds like the Schneeb, Stick. If you, you tell. If you remember the Deech. The Deech. I was thinking of Milan Lucic from the, the Oilers. It was on in the studio when we were recording. And we named a previous patron the Deech. He messaged us and is like, yeah, my whole playgroup calls me the Deech now. <laughs> so maybe the Schneeb will stick too. We're changing the world. I love that. Yep. Andreas, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Third shout out. And I don't know if you know, and, and this ties into the story, when you say no nudes, I got nudes. What? I, I get nudes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Different kinds of nudes. Sometimes they're noodles. Sometimes they're like different shades of makeup, like nude shade or like there's a brand of makeup called Naked. Apparently. I didn't know that. I've received these. We've learned all kinds of things, yeah. For the first time over Easter weekend, this a couple weeks ago, I got legit dick pics. What? Like giant ones. What? <laughs> yeah. what? Somebody actually sent you pictures of cocks. B- big ones. Wow. So I got two emails in a row. Bang, bang. The first one, cocks. The second one was like a write-up and talking about, you were talking about the other couple shows ago, Kyla's favorite animal is the cat. Yeah. I get this email, and, and would Kyla wipe your butt? <laughs> so, <laughs> this person emails me and is like, oh, yeah, Kyla would probably wipe Brando's butt if he was sick enough. Kyla's favorite animal is probably the horse, not the cat. I got these dick pics, and I was so flustered by the dick pics that I just responded like, hey, old man, blah, 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 right? Turns out it was Kyla, like your <laughs> wife, Kyla, messaged me these huge dick pics and then was like telling me all this really specific stuff. 
and I didn't even read the name on the email. <laughs> so then she texts me, because this is over an email. She texts me, and she's like, didn't you read the name? Didn't you get it? No, totally missed the boat. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. the boat <laughs> uh, the other thing shout out to Kyla because she actually became a patron really oh she didn't tell and, me no oh. she didn't she wanted it to be a surprise on air and I deleted it as soon as I seen the email come in and I was like oh yeah I don't want Brenda to know because he probably doesn't know <laughs> no I didn't know oh that's so nice oh so she became a patron big shout out to Kyla yep um, I'll leave any funny nicknaming up to you we probably already have some kind of weird bedroom nicknames that I'm not even going to ask about I call her Beeb. Like B-E-E-B? Beeb. That'll do. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Leave it at that one. So, Kyla, big thank you. I know that she listens. Thanks to you and uh, everybody else who's listening right now. Going back to IKEA, coincidentally, the deck that we're using today is kind of one that he had sent me. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, that's handy. It's just super handy, actually, because it was totally just out of the blue. I had to make a couple changes to it. Because it had some infinite combos, and this, as you guys know, is combo-less, is it? So, four or five cards that created infinite combos, took them out, added a couple lands because it kind of changed how much everything costed in the deck, blah, blah, blah. And now we have the deck that we're going to talk about today, Tibor and Lumina. Tibor and Lumina sounds like a steaming pile of hot garbage, Ryan. Should we read what it does? I think Tibor and Lumina is the least popular, is it, commander? apart from the individual partners. And they're really bad, too. So let's see what they do. Tibor and Lumina is a human wizard, even though there's two of them. They are a 3-3 for two blue-red. Whenever you play a blue spell, target creature gains flying until end of turn. Whenever you play a red spell, Tibor and Lumina deal one damage to each creature without flying. Okay, so blue spell means something gets flying. Fine. Red spell means one damage to everything. So red spell means shitty earthquake. Blue spell means you don't get rocked by your own shitty earthquake. Yeah, shitty earthquake because it doesn't hit players. And it's for one. And it's for one. Yeah. Shitty magma quake. Now that doesn't hit planeswalkers. It's shitty anyway. (laughs) Shitty something, all right? Okay, so how do we make this good? We'll probably be seeing a lot of instants and sorceries. Most likely. Maybe some things that give our own stuff flying automatically. So if we cast red spells, automatically all our stuff has flying so it doesn't get hit. Good call. Okay. Moving into the recipe, 13 creatures. That doesn't seem like very many. Let's see what we got. We're going to kind of do quick hits, but I want to kind of spend some time on a couple creatures. And there's only 13 of them, so it won't actually take that long. Okay, here we go. Blister Core Weird. Blister Coil Weird is... Is it like a, a red or a blue? 1-1. One, one. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it gets plus one, plus one, and you can untap it. Constipated Sphinx. We all know cost, Constipated Sphinx. That works. Blue, blue, four. Four, six, flyer. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you draw two cards. Really good. Drift of Phantasms. Honestly, I think that this is this is a 0-5 defender flyer, so it flies, right? For three, but you pay three and transmute it, so you can find something else that costs three. So it's a tutor. Essentially, yes. Gelectrode. Gelectrode. Red, blue, one, oh, one. Tap to ping a creature or player. Instant or sorcery, untaps it. So you can already see some tapping, untapping shenanigans. Sounds pretty combo-y. Next up, we have Goblin Dark Dwellers. Goblin Butthole Dwellers, as I call them. Ooh. 4-4 Menace for Red Red 3. When it enters a battlefield, you get a 
three or less costing instant or sorcery from your graveyard into your hand? No, you cast it without paying its mana cost. Actually better. Much better. Goblin Electromancer. Ooh, here's the first of a couple spell-reducing things. He's red, blue, 2-2. Two, two. Instant and sorcery spells you play cost one less to play. Now we'll get into what this guy is all about later on. Goblin Sharpshooter. Almost a combo piece. Kind of a combo piece, but it's not a technically piece. a combo piece. Red 2 doesn't untap, but when a creature dies, untap him. You tap him to ping for one. Gutter Snipe. Gutter Snipe. One of the win conditions for the deck. 2-2 two, two Goblin for Red 2. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, Gutter Snipe deals two damage to each, each opponent. Also feels pretty combo-y. Let's keep going. Inferno Titan. Inferno Titan. I would say that this is another win condition with another card in the deck that we'll talk about later on. Six mana, six, six. Deals three as you choose to creatures or players when he enters the battlefield, and he has fire breathing. Ixodron? Yeah, right? Get this. Ixodron is blue, blue, three for a star, star. As Ixodron enters the battlefield, turn all other non-token creatures face down. So he turns them into two, two morph creatures. Ixodron's power and toughness are each equal to the number of face-down creatures you control. Tibor and Lumina... Face-down creatures in play. Oh, yeah, sorry. Face-down creatures in play. Tibor and Lumina's deal one damage doesn't seem so bad now, especially when you see what all the instants and sorceries do. But what happens if you flip Tibor and Lumina over with Ixodron? What, are you bad? (laughs) You play Tibor and Lumina after you play Isidron, and then you kill everything. So for 17 mana, you can wipe the board. We could change it to a combo deck. That's true. I'm, I'm just going to play Chain Reaction, though. I'm just going to play Chain Reaction. Is it Cronarch? 2-2 two, two for 5. When it enters the battlefield, instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Thermo Alchemist. Ooh, an, another almost combo piece. 0-3 Defender for red 1. Tap it. Deals 1 damage to each opponent. When he, you cast an instant or sorcery, untap him. He's a significantly better Gelectrode. More efficient Gelectrode. Wonder. When Wonder's dead, all your creatures have flying. Super good with this deck. That is all for creatures. But you know what? Wonder itself has flying. So when you when you cast a red instant or sorcery, Tibor and Lumina doesn't actually kill it. So you have to have it die or you have to kill it yourself. Hmm. Or you have to find a way of discarding it. I wonder if there's a way of doing that in red-blue. Probably not. Probably not. I can't think of anything. Well, let's move on and see what else we have. 23 instants. Ooh. Sounds like we're going to abuse our general's abilities, maybe. You think? Yes, some of them are red, some of them are blue. I think a good mix would both protect our creatures with flying or give them invasion. Invasion? Evasion. <laughs> I always do that. Or the red ones just kill everything. Seems good. All right, first instant is cackling counterpart. Ooh, three mana. Put a copy of something into play. Flashback for seven. Something you control, very important. Oh yeah, how about a gutter snipe? I'm fine with that. Seems alright. Yep. Seems pretty combo-y. Capsize. Three mana, bounce target permanent, buyback three. Clock spinning. Clock spinning? What the hell is that? I know what it is, but I'm just saying what the hell is that to set you up to tell me what it is. Blue, put a counter on something that has a counter, or remove a counter. Buyback three. Hmm. Huh. Maybe we can use that later on. Cyclonic Rift. Cyclonic Rift. Bounce a thing or bounce all things? Dizzy spell. One mana, minus three, minus O, or transmute for a one mana thing. Like clock spinning. Insidious will. Oh no, it's a modal card. (laughs) Blue, blue, two. Choose one. Counter a spell, I know that's one. Or 
you may choose, I'm reading it now, you may choose new targets for target spell or copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So it's a four mana instant that has a bunch of modes that all cost two. Sure. Yeah. I'm okay with this because I'll pay a two mana premium to be able to choose my own adventure. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Two mana is the cost of flexibility, it seems. How about Into the Core? Brando likes this one. Red, red, two. Exile, two target artifacts. In red, that's so good. Mana drain. Ooh. Blue, blue, counter target spell. Get mana in your next main phase equal to that that spell's converted mana cost. Where does the mana go? That's what I thought. Mind games. Blue, tap target creature, artifact, or land. Buyback, blue two. I'm starting to notice a trend. Me as well. How about muddle the mixture? Blue, blue, counter target instant or sorcery, transmute for blue, blue one. It's a tutor. Yeah. Or a counter spell in this case, because muddle the mixture, I think you would muddle the mixture just as often as you would transmute muddle the mixture, depending on the deck that you're, like the, the your opponent's decks. I think that that's a fine one. That's a fine one. Uh, I think that it turning into a mana drain, and then you mana draining is just better, though. Yeah. You can only transmute as a sorcery, though. Well, just transmute as a sorcery, then, and then everybody knows you have a mana drain. You can be like, I'm giving everybody the finger, uh, but you guys can't see that. I saw it. Yeah. You I know. vouch. Ooh, speaking of tutors, how about a mystical tutor? Search your library for an instant or sorcery, reveal it, put it onto your library. Pact of negation. Counter target spell for zero mana. Pull from tomorrow. Ooh, blue, blue X, draw X, then discard a card. How about one of those flashback cards we talked about earlier? Not bad. Yeah. You know, I actually really like the art on that card, too. It's like a somebody's shooting some kind of weird arc lightning through a giant hourglass. It's pretty cool. It's probably stupid, Jace. It pro- nah, it looks kind of like a lady. So, Jace? <laughs> Got there. Reality shift. Ooh, I like this one. Blue terror or something. Exile a creature, its controller manifests the top card of his or her library. That essentially means you take it from the top of your library, flip it face down. It's now a 2-2 that you could flip face up, if it's a creature, for its mana cost. Yes. So you're taking a big, big, you're making it into a small, small that could potentially be a big, big again. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. How about reiterate? Hmm. Red, red, one. Copy an instant or sorcery. You may choose new targets for the copy. Buyback three. Rewind. I think that says remand. Shut up. It actually does say remand. My eyes just aren't very good. Counter target spell. If it's countered this way, put it on top instead, and then you draw a card for a blue one. Okay. Searing touch. Ooh, I like this one. This seems like a very you card in Commander. Ooh. Red. Searing touch deals one damage to target creature or player. Buyback four. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. Shattering Pulse. Another Brando card. Destroy target artifact for red one, buyback three. Now that has cool art on it. It's like a little ball of lightning that's like bouncing down a field. It's so cool. And it's shattering things as it hits them. Yes, and I think that actually might be real art and not... I'm not going to say digital art isn't real art, but it looks like something that somebody might have had a hand in. Hmm. Physically. A physical hand in. Yes. How about Swan Song? Counter target spell. And then its controller gets a 2-2 blue bird with flying for one mana. I like that one. That's pretty good. That's a one mana counterspell. Trick bind. Ooh. Split second counter target activated or triggered ability. If it's a permanent ability, it can't be activated again that turn. 
I like that card. I, I like that card too. That card is I th- I think criminally underplayed in blue control decks. I think it's criminally underplayed everywhere. Unsubstantiate. That's such an interesting thing. Return target spell or creature to its owner's hand. So it's kind of like a counter spell, but it also is a bounce spell. It's kind of like janky remand and also janky boomerang. Mm, kind of. I suppose. You, you know what I'm saying? So you can remand the spell back to somebody's hand or you can bounce a bro. It's, yeah, if it's already in play, you bounce it and you don't get to draw a card like you would with remand, but it's easier to cast than un, or uh, easier to cast than boomerang. So, I, dig, I dig that. Okay. Also, you got flexibility there. I dig that. Yeah, I, the I like flexibility, that. but it's a distinct downgrade from other things, but you're getting a cost reduction yeah. for it without having that second blue. So if somebody sneaks a creature in, just like maybe behind the chip bowl, F.U. Smitty, and then they attack you with it by bringing it around the chip bowl, thereby announcing its presence on the battlefield so you didn't have a chance to counter it because you're busy drinking your beer, you can still do something about it. I like this card. Unsubstantiate. Yeah, that's an uncommon from Eldritch Moon. Thanks, Wizards. I feel like they made might have made that for people like me. I like that. Okay, good. Uh, that makes me feel good. Now, rounding out the instant section, Whim of Volrath, blue, change the text of target permanent by replacing all instances of one color word or basic land type with another until end of turn, buyback two. I think buyback is what the important part of that card is. Because you can continue to cast it for three mana. Ah. I think in the previous iteration of this deck, what you would use this for is you would reduce the buyback cost to nothing, somehow make infinite blue mana, and then make it so that every, like, Tibor and Lumina, instead of saying red, said blue, and then every time you played this spell, you would also wrath the board out a little bit. Oh, dang. That's what I would do with it. Yeah, you could just target Tibor and say blue, and then it wraths. Yeah. 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 That's why that's in there. Yeah, that's what I do with it. And then lastly, and probably leastly, let's be honest, Whispers of the Muse. Blue, draw a card. Buyback, five. There it is. Sorceries, eight. Now, because we've already identified the common theme here with the flashbacks and the buybacks, essentially what we're doing is recasting stuff that we've already casted or chaining things together we're going to blow through the sorcery section there's eight of them ancestral vision zero suspend sorry zero casting cost blue suspend four draw three cards curse of the swine blue blue x exile x target creatures those people get two two green pigs fabricate two different artifacts for three mana put it into your hand Grape shot. Potential combo piece, mm. but it's not. It's just value grape shot. Hmm. Red one, one damage target creature or player, storm, which means copy it for each other spell played before it this turn. Haze of rage. Target creature you control gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Buy back two for red one. It's creatures. <gasps> all creatures. Creatures you control. you control get plus one plus zero until can end of turn. You, can you imagine paying four mana to fire breathe somebody once? That's the worst. But you fire breathe your whole team. Well, yeah, but if it was only for one pl- for like one creature, oh, that yeah. would be the yeah, worst. Yeah, 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 you're right. Mystic Retrieval. Return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Flashback, red two, and this one costs blue three to cast. Mystic Speculation. Ooh, I like this one. Blue mana, scry three, buyback two. 
I like that card too. Those buyback twos are going to become very much more important as soon as we get to the artifact section. Mystic Speculation also looks beautiful in foil. Oh, yeah. I happened to have a foil one back when I was buying Future Sight packs. It's, it's very yeah, nice. It's got sounds, a sword on it. The sword's real shiny. And the sword is like stabbing into a pool of tentacles. It's, it's super neat. It sounds like bad Japanese porn. <laughs> Don't Google that. You do not. Lastly, Seething Anger. Target creature you control gets plus three, plus zero until end of turn. Buyback three and that costs red neat i don't mind that four mana to buff your dude three and deal one damage to all their guys let's jump right to artifacts because you're gonna you're gonna see us pull it all together here okay so we got a whole pile of crap so let's start here let's go uh remember when we talked about goblin sharpshooter earlier yep tap deal one damage whenever something dies untap untap it. it so how about we equip goblin sharpshooter with a little baby called Basilisk Caller. Oh, yeah. One to cast, two to equip. A crypt creature has death touch and lifelink. So if Goblin Sharpshooter has death touch and he deals one damage to any creature, they'll die and he'll untap. So you can wipe the board constantly and you're gaining life. So essentially you equip it, you kill the board, gain life uh, equal to how many creatures were in play. The same is true as if you cast or equip Basilisk Caller to T-Born Lumina, then cast a red instant or sorcery. She deals one damage to everything. They all die. You gain that much life. Now let me just uh, touch on some art here for a second again, because we've been doing that. Given that we're a podcast that has no pictures, we're just going to describe this to you. The Basilisk Caller is a collar on a dog. Now here's what this card should have had on it, okay? You know what a Basilisk actually looks like? Like yeah. in real life? It's got like big teeth. Yeah, it's like a kind of an alligator lizard big thing stomping all around looks at you turns you to stone okay yep. that's what it looks like now here's what it should have been it should have been a bunch of basilisks basilisks sitting at a table playing cards and then one of the basilisks is actually just an alligator wearing a collar that's designed to look like the thrills on a basilisk and he's kind of dressed like a douche bro and he's like clearly hammered and everybody else is so sad that he's there but he's just trying so hard they feel bad kicking him out He's the alligator among basilisks, and he's trying to dress the same. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay, moving along. We got Codex Shredder. So here's another one. You're going to have to tell me what this card's doing in the deck. So it's a one-drop artifact. Tap. Target player puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard, and you can pay five, tap, sack it, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. I think just like the Grape Shot, it's in there for strict value. If there is, let's say reiterate, copy a spell with buyback. Well, if you needed to value reiterate or just value Cyclonic Rift is another one um, to bounce one thing, you want to get it back late game, you can cast your reiterate on something bigger or your Cyclonic Rift can be overloaded to bounce everything. Yeah. I think that it's fine to do that. That's like a value Yogmoth's will as well. You just <laughs> want it to, you Yogmoth's will like turn three so you can get your third land or your fourth land drop or whatever from your fetch land in your graveyard i think that's okay right <laughs> that's fine i think that that works good that's that's i can see that being a thing okay get at us let us know next up crystal chimes three drop artifact three tap sack return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to your hand and we're going to talk about the enchantments in a second there are some cool ones grafted exoskeleton extremely good with of course, T-Born Lumina, because it gives her Infect, and she'll just wither away all the creatures if she, if one damage doesn't kill them. But also super good with Consecrated Sphinx, because he flies natively. Blister Coil Weird, because 
he can get big by buybacking all of your spells over and over and over, and then you just infect one hit. Or my personal favorite with Inferno Titan, because he fire breathes. He comes down, you equip him, wait for an opening, or just make an opening because you're playing removal and bounce and, and your general kills things. Boom, one hit kill because it's fire breathing. Nice. You'd only have to fire breathe for two because Basilisk, or sorry, um, Grafted Exoskeleton equips, gives plus two, plus two, and infect, and he's already a 6 6. It's pretty good. Yep. I hate this card. Helm of Awakening. Two mana. All spells cost one generic less to cast, to play, in your words. That's the correct words, Ryan. Is it Signet? Uh, is a Signet for, is it colors? Lightning Greaves. Zero to equip, two mana, equipment, shroud, and haste. Sol Ring. It's a Sol Ring. And this one I think is very important, and everybody's going to kind of go, ah. Ah, ah, that's what they're doing. Memory Crystal. Memory Crystal is a rare from Exodus for three mana. All buyback cards, sorry, all buyback costs are reduced by two generic mana. And unlike a lot of these things, like a lot of these things say like the activated, like a Heartstone, activated abilities of creatures cost one less to play, but can't be reduced to less than one. None of that bullshit here. If it has buyback two, it's now free. Yes, you can so just play it and put it back in your hand. If you have plenty of blue, you can just go scry three, buyback for free. Scry three, buyback for three. And filter and filter and filter and filter and filter till you find, I don't know, your basilisk caller or your grafted exoskeleton. Yeah. And then you draw a card and buy it back for cheap. For one. For or one. two, I guess. it would be. No, I guess it would be to be four. Still four. Four. Well, because it costs six to buy it back. It was, the buyback was five, wasn't it? Is it buyback four? Let's go look. On Whisper of the Muse, buyback is five. Yeah, so it costs four. That's not super cheap. It would, yeah, it costs four all in, yeah, because you've got to pay the one, and then you got to pay three more. There's probably better ways of doing that. We can talk about that later. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Enchantment time. Now, we talked about enchantments. There was a that, what was it, Crystal Chimes or whatever that gets your enchantments back from your graveyard to, to your hand. Sorry, first one, Arcane Malie. What does that do? It uh, it makes your instant and sorcery spells cost two less to cast. So another cost reducer. That's the third one. So would arcane melee then reduce the buyback cost of spells? It would because it's a cost reducer, and those are applied after additional costs like buyback. Good to note. When does Trinisphere come in there? <laughs> now that we're talking complicated crap, let's just go there. During the Trinisphere step. There's a which is, which is last, which is a, a, a cost modifier. It okay. changes how much it costs. If you don't know what Trinisphere does, don't even bother Googling that. It, Do not Google yeah. that. I'll explain it to you when I blow up your land in my Ponza deck. <laughs> yes. Next up in enchantments, as foretold. Blue 2, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a time counter on as foretold. Then, once each turn, once each turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a spell you cast with converted mana cost x or less where x is the number of time counters on as foretold now does that work with buyback as far as i know based on what we just talked about <laughs> as foretold is a additional modifier so it makes it so a spell costs zero Right. right. So if you have clock spinning or uh, that other one that costs one with a buyback of two and you have one counter on as foretold, you cast it for free and then you can pay the buyback to get it back. But if you have memory crystal, you would then just clock spin for free. Correct. Because as foretold lets you cast it for zero. Memory crystal lets you flash it back for 
minus two, which is what the buyback is, you get it back. You can do that once per turn with, once per turn. So now if you were doing something big and ridiculous, which is what I would probably do in a deck like this, I would uh, clock spin counters onto my as foretold. Yeah. Ooh, you could clock spin counters onto the planeswalkers that are in the deck as well. We'll get to those in a second. Yes. Next enchantment, old AF in gravity sphere. Gravity sphere. All creatures lose flying, and that's red too. Yikes. So your flyers, sorry, your opponent's flyers that were going to fly over the Tibor and Lumina deal one damage to all non-flyers, don't anymore. Now let's just, <laughs> let's do more rules nightmare stuff. Okay. What order do you have to play this and a Chroma's Memorial so that your stuff still has flying and theirs doesn't? Because you have one thing that says all your creatures fly, and you have another thing that says no creatures fly. In this case, you would want to cast and have in play, like you would need to resolve your gravity sphere, all creatures lose flying, and then your Acroma's Memorial to give your creatures flying. Boom. And that is also how um, Tibor and Lumina's blue ability to give a target creature you control flying would work as well. Nice. So if you if you gave one of your guys flying and then cast Gravity Sphere, they would lose flying. Yes. <laughs> and your guy would eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> Get Basilisk, caller, bitch. How about Mr. Grimora? Ooh, another Brando card. You like this one. I love this card. One blue, or like blue, for Cumulative Upkeep 1. You could actually take time counters off oh. of Cumulative Upkeep with... Um, clock spinning. Clock spinning with buyback. Yeah. So you'd never have to pay for this card. Cumulative upkeep, during your upkeep, you put a counter on it, and then you pay its cumulative upkeep cost for each counter that's on it. In this case, it's just one generic mana. What it says is, whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, you draw a card unless that player pays four. Four! It's it's like the deranged kind of brother of... Ristic Study? Ristic Study, that's right. It, it does kind of the same thing. When they cast something, they... Let, let you draw a card if they don't pay one. This is, they don't pay four, you draw a card, but it has to be a non-creature, which is fine if you drop this on turn one. Yeah. Because everybody's playing like soul rings and mana rocks and shit, yeah. and you're just going to draw cards, right? Exactly. I and like Come back one. with a full grip and then some. Next up, quiet contemplation. Blue two, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay one. If you do... Tap target creature and opponent controls, and it doesn't untap during the controller's next untap step. You can frost tighten things. Yeah. That's neat. If you pay an additional one. We just talked about this one. Ristic Study. Blue two. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, draw a card unless they pay one. My favorite Ristic card. My favorite one. Ristic Cave. Is that the one that gives you Wooberg unless they pay one? It gives you one mana of any color unless somebody pays one. <laughs> so it's like super <laughs> shitty Richard and Port. I, I love that card. I love it. I have like six. How about Trail of Evidence? Ooh. Blue two. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, and you know by this point you're going to be doing that lots, you can investigate. What that means is you put a colorless, sorry, you put an artifact clue into play, and the clue has the ability to sack, draw a card. Pretty cool. So if you can cast over and over and over and over and over and over again you get lots of clues. Another card that looks great in foil. Also, eh. good to note. Want to talk Planeswalkers? Planeswalkers. I'll let you read them because they're kind of your thing. Dak Faden. Dak Faden is a three loyalty Planeswalker for one blue, red, and he, plus one loyalty counter, target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. That'd be good for wonder. 
Minus two, gain control of target artifact. Minus six, you get an emblem that says whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. Nice. And up next, we have Ralzarek. He is a four, four loyalty planeswalker for four. Plus one, tap target permanent, then untap another target permanent. Minus two, Ralzarek deals three damage to creature or player. Minus seven, flip five coins, take an extra turn after this one for each coin that comes up heads. Yeah. Okay, I like the card drawing. I like the tapping, both very controlly. And like you said, Dak Faden works good with Wonder and also with your flashback things. Hey, yeah. And yeah. you've got Isit Cronarch and that other one that lets you get an instant or sorcery back from your, um, and Goblin Dark Dwellers. You can kind of get your stuff back. Yeah, you got two or three kind of regrowth effects. So that's okay. I dig that, yeah. Just quickly, a couple of the other stats that we track that aren't really card types or whatever. We've got 10 card draw spells, including Trail of Evidence. That's the one that gives you clues that you can sacrifice to draw cards. Yeah. I think that's good. Mystic Speculation. That's the one that scries three with buyback two. Not technically a card draw spell, but people say that scrying is worth maybe a third of a card. So if you could scry three, is that a card draw? If you can flash that back and scry six or nine in a turn, you're not drawing anything, but it lets you find stuff that you want. It right? gives you that same kind of dig action. So I would, sure, sure, that could be a card draw spell. Yeah, we could count it. So that's like 11 card draws. Targeted removal. Now I'm including, of course, Cyclonic Rift because you can target with it, and I'm not including counter spells. Excellent. There's a separate category for that, of course. 13 of them. Mass removals, five. Does Tibor and Lumina count in that conversation? I think so. I think so. If you're flashing back your red spells with your memory crystal, or if you have your, uh, if you've tutored for Basilisk Caller, and remember that's a one drop, and you've got one drop cards with transmute that you can find it. I think Tibor and Lumina count, so that's like six tar or mass removals. As foretold, does that count as a ramp spell? Because it lets you cast stuff for free, or sm theoretically sooner than you would maybe want to or be able to? I think it's too slow to be considered a ramp card. Okay. I would say. So really kind of one ramp spell. And uh, it should be noted that in the original list here, I did take out a seething song. Yes. That uh, instant, instant? Red two gives you five red. I think it's sorcery. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's a spell. Mm, it deals one damage and gives you five mana. Does no damage and gives you five mana. Well, with Tiborn Lumina, it deals one damage and gives you five mana to cast more spells that theoretically do more damage. So I can see why it's in there. And it was part of like an infinite combo when you could get it back from your graveyard with buying back Reiterate. That'd be so you, nice to be able to just... You net mana every time. Put things in the graveyard. I'm a little triggered right now. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm a little bit triggered too. Like this is it deck with zero combos hurts my brain more than just comboing. And it feels kind of like it's comboing anyway. Goddamn is it, right? Yeah. Stupid idiots. Okay, mana rocks and dorks. We've got Solaring, Helm of Awakening, Is It Signet, Memory Crystal, I'm counting that as a mana rock for yeah. sure, and Electromancer. That guy reduces costs. So would you also include you could, Helm of Awakening? And... Oh, I did. You could also include, um, there's more if you include uh, Arcane Melee, because that yeah. reduces costs. That's like six right there. It's quite a few. Buyback spells, 11. Flashback spells, 2. Transmute spells. So those are spells that just give you flexibility, right? They they do something or they tutor. And will, and will often turn into one of your buyback spells, probably. Yeah. Modal slash 
overload spells, spells that give you additional choices over and above the transmute guys. There's two of those and two planeswalkers. So the deck is very versatile. It can do whatever you want whenever you kind of want it to without infinite mana. I dig that. And that goes right into kind of how to play the deck, right? Lots of one drops, but you don't want to play them on turn one. What you probably want to do is leave mana up until the last possible moment and then do something with buyback to get Tibor and Lumina, like a trigger on Tibor and Lumina, right? Yeah. Um, it's not so much you're trying to do as fast as you can. It's more draw, go, traditional, control, leave mana up all the time because you're running lots of counter spells. Yeah, and the, the with Tibor and Lumina, you do always have that option where you're going to be able to kind of, you start a little bit slower, but you could probably just use Tibor and Lumina to negate their early game because you're going to get their dorks, you're going to get their yeah. small stuff, you're going to wipe out their tokens. With all four drop commanders as well, I always say, I th I think... If you're building around your commander like this one kind of is, I, I know it's. I said it's like a traditional control deck, so it is going to take some time to stabilize against the aggro deck and then kind of wreck their day in the late game. But honestly, Soul Ring 1, Tibor, and Lumina on turn 2 may be your best play because on turn anything after 2, you're going to have untapped reds to start killing their guys. I would say probably save it for turn 3. You think? I would think so, yeah. Just to keep her from getting owned before you get a chance to use her i suppose because at least then if you play her with a mana up you can at least if they respond by killing her pathing her whatever you, you can, can get, get their get, dork by saying they all whatever you, yeah you get one trigger at least just to say that you didn't just burn four mana and they look like a chump uh, nothing's yeah. worse than looking like a chump i suppose yeah except being jesse f you jesse okay turn two if you're not casting tibor and lumina 17 two drops now most of them are instants and sorceries but there are five legit turn twos that you'd want and on turn three that's when you're that's like your come alive turn right that's when you're playing your planeswalkers your enchantments that's when you're starting to transmute your hand into your setup to win right that's when you're finding your basilisk caller or your goblin sharpshooter or your um what's the other one um the infect grafted war gear grafted exoskeleton there we go turn four grafted exoskeleton for sure like i think that that's the I don't want to call it the card of the week because it's a super common card, but I think that that card's an all-star in this deck. That and Basilisk Caller, big time. Turn five plus, late game, value town for days because you're going to find, eventually you're going to find your memory crystal and then it's straight value, always full hand, always have an answer for something. And your answer, not only does it answer, but it also makes it so you can come in with a flying beater or wipe the board. Yeah. I think this deck's got a really good late game. As it should, because it's not a combo deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, combo decks. What is a late game? That's what the combo deck asks, right? Exactly. Like, oh, oh, I'm at turn seven? Well, I guess I must have lost. I guess I must be just be sitting here while you guys are playing turn seven because I have lost. Okay, let's move into strengths and weaknesses real fast because we already kind of covered some of them. Controlling, super awesome late game. Lots of options. Lots of options that uh, people won't usually expect. Right? Like, who this plays a one-drop instant that scries three? I play it in Azuz, the Shifting Flame. I play it in that. And you know why? It lets me draw a new hand and then scry three. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You yeah. play it in any other decks? And or have you ever seen it played in any other decks? Absolutely not. Excellent. That's the kind of card we like. I just gave the Don Cherry thumbs up. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. <laughs> okay. Uncommon, right? We talked about it being uh, far, fairly far down. 
12th on the list of Isaac commanders on EDHREC.com. And nobody's going to see this one coming. Cheats out wins with Infect without being a combo deck. I guess that's kind of how you have to cheat out wins if you're not a combo deck. Yes. Infect gives you business winning games that you would otherwise have no business winning. Correct. And that's why everybody loves it so much. Funny joke. <laughs> I don't get sarcasm, but I got that one. <laughs> okay. Weaknesses. Went to EDHREC.com, found T-Born Lumina, and scrolled down the list and was like, Oh, yeah, that goes in, that goes in, that goes in, that go- Oh, there's the deck. An- another weakness of this deck is it's full of hot garbage. If you don't have reduced cost on your spells, all of your spells suck. If they get your memory crystal, if they get your grand melee, your spells suck. All of them suck, and they will always suck. The- and you're going to have a lot less action when you suck. <laughs> the politically correct notes that I wrote... Say something similar to the fact to the uh, tune of small effects and tutors want to combo so bad, but they don't because this is comboless, is it? Yes. Also, it still runs a hefty price tag regardless of jamming tons of jank ass shit. Yeah. This deck is still expensive. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Speaking of which, it's almost five hundred dollars. That's like eighteen thousand Canadian dollars. That's like as much as a house in Newfoundland. Yeah. You could buy a house or you could buy this pile of garbage. All right. Now, you're, if you've been playing a long time, odds are you probably have most of it. But if you don't have a gravity sphere, you know how much gravity sphere costs? Like 50 bucks. Yep. Let's go into the budget section here. Ancestral Visions. That's the one that suspends then draws you three. 20 bucks. Could be a Brainstorm, Ponder, Preordain, Treasure Cruise. Those are all affordable. I think Brainstorm is the most expensive at like 250 or three bucks. Mm. But, I mean... It does give a kind of unique effect, but, you know... I mean, you're not running any Cascade cards to cast it for free. you got to wait for it. I mean, you could just cast Brainstorm and you can get to sculpt your hand a little bit better. This this deck does want that. Yes, it does. It does want that. It has ways to draw, like, 17 cards a turn. Just do that. I suppose. Mana Drain, 60 bucks. Play Counterspell. Pick your one, your two, your three-drop Counterspell for less money. Play, like, how about Mana Leak? God, I hate that spell. F you, Smitty. <laughs> Fuming. He has there's steam coming out of his ears. It's quite funny. Moving on. Scalding Tarn. I don't think that this deck needs a fetch land. It's a two-color deck. Does it, does, does it make the deck better? Yes. But does it need it when you're not doing your turn one, turn two combo thing? Play a slow fetch for free and save yourself the $76 that Scalding Tarn costs. Agreed. There are uh, lots of better... You could just play a Terramorphic Expanse. It's not going to yeah, slow yeah, you down that, that that's much. That's what I mean. Yeah. You could play my new favorite land-getting spell that's just been released in eight... 25, A25. Whatever the hell it is. Myriad Landscape. There you go. Yeah. I picked up a foil one Ooh. in Edmonton from a store that you told me about. Quick shout out to them. Taps for Effect Games in Edmonton, Alberta. The guys there are super nice. They got a great little store going on there. Super cool. Got some great stuff from them. Next card Academy Ruins. 23 bucks. You could play Argivian Restoration for 29 cents. Returns an artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield for. Uh, blue, blue, two. It's a sorcery. I like that. Plays right into the sorcery theme, right? Yeah. And saves you twenty three bucks. If you're counting, we've now saved over a hundred and eighty dollars from this deck in like the first couple cards. How about the gravity sphere? Have we cut that yet? Next card, gravity sphere. There we go. Fifty dollars. 
that's up to what are we at now? Two hundred and thirty dollars off this deck. Yep. You could play Archetype of Imagination. Now I know it costs blue blue a hundred to play, but it's a flying creature and it gives your other creatures flying boom straight out. Your opponent's creatures lose flying straight up. So it already does what does what you want it to do. It's a beater. It costs a little bit more, but it also costs a lot less. That. The last thing that I want to say about the budget for this deck is it wants all of the little draws or discards or things like faceless loot, faithless looting. It's got flashback, lets you draw. It's a red instant or sorcery, but God, you don't want it to just be the stock T-Born Luminal list because no, this, yeah. this is the kind of niche commander that makes it very kind of easy to build around. If you go to edhrec.com, you're just going to do what I did and say, yep, that's the deck. Yep. For the uh, the sake of our show, going back to our very, very first episode, it's the Zata effect. Ooh, yeah. There's only so many cards that work with this commander, so you kind of have to play all of them, or you're not really, you might as well just play a different general. Yeah, it's crammed full, like the stock list is crammed full of red and blue instants and sorceries. It's yeah, pretty pretty good way to play it. Okay, before milk list, any other possible includes? What do you think? Yes, when I when we decided we we're gonna do this, we we split up the remaining four deck lists. You took this one and another one. I took Golgari and another one, and then we just went off to our own separate ways and built new decks. And I was really hoping that you were gonna play an Is it deck that was focused on Mind Rack Liege. You know Mind Rack Liege? It's like a I think it's a four four. I think it costs six. But it gives blue creatures plus one, blue your blue guys plus one plus one, your red guys plus one plus one. Liege from like Morning Tide or whatever. Yeah, and it has, is it is it is it is it? Put a red or blue creature from your hand into play, and the rest of the deck is just beaters. Oh, like Leviathans. Yes. This could have that could have been the sea monster deck. This could have been the deck where we finally just broke Leviathan wide open. Man, I love breaking Leviathan. It's like oh. This thing costs 10? Nope. Four. And I realize that the whole deck relies on something that is in the deck somewhere, so you have to play all these tutors, because red and blue have so many tutors that find creatures, to find this creature, so you can play other giant creatures. Not that it was going to be so cool. And then I saw this. No Mind Rack Legion sight. I'm a little sad. Sorry to disappoint. We could still add it, though. Instead of Gravity Sphere. I was just going to say, it plays Gravity Sphere. Yeah, you get And gut- then you're like, no, nah, got it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you, you get Gutter Snipe at a discount. At instant speed, it's actually not a discount. It's a premium because it costs more because it costs four. But it's at instant <laughs> speed. We already talked about the price of flexibility, Ryan. We've already talked about it. Very good segue. You <laughs> must be in radio or something. <laughs> Milk list. Speaking of segues, how about instead of that we go to card of the, of the week. week? What are you thinking this week? I think this week we go Thermo Alchemist. Give it a read again. Thermo Alchemist is a creature, human shaman, with defender, and has tap. Thermo Alchemist deals one damage to each opponent. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, untap Thermo Alchemist. Two things there. Each and whenever. So in a spell slinger deck like this, or not, like you're just casting your removal spells or your ramp spells. If you're not playing blue, you could be playing green, red, and still run this guy. He's 20 cents, and in a four-player game, if you can get four or five activations out of this, nobody's going to kill him, right? No. No. Nobody's going to waste a removal spell on a piece of crap like this. End of turn, one to everybody. That's three damage he dealt. Cast your ramp spell. Do it again. That's six. Cast another spell. Do it again, right? Next turn, do it again, do it again. Like you've done 12, 15, 18 with one guy. And he's one of those dudes, again, he flies under the radar, and it's just kind of annoying, you know what I mean? Like an impact tremors. Yeah. 
Like you're playing something with an impact tremors and you're just like you keep kind of looking down at your dice. Like, holy crap, I'm at 13. Exactly. And you know what? I like Thermo Alchemist. I don't play them in Rakdos, Lord of Riots, but Rakdos, Lord of Riots players know what I'm talking about when I say Pulse Tracker. So Pulse Tracker is a 1-1 when you attack with him. He deals one damage to everybody and then he's like a 1-1, right? Yeah. Rakdos players know Pulse Tracker and they know that he's going to get tons of extra damage because people are going to save their removal up for their fatties, for your fatties, that you cast for free off of Rakdos. So nobody's going to kill your Pulse Tracker. Thermo Alchemist is kind of like that. It's kind of like a sweet red herring. Yeah. Where like you, they think, you know, they don't realize that what you're actually doing is actually creating like five damage a turn because they think what you're doing is trying to reduce the cost of your great big fatties and that's your only game plan. Yeah, and in this this particular deck, this this Tibor and Lumina deck, they're gonna save up for your whatever your blister coil weird or for Tibor and Lumina or consecrated sphinx. They're gonna save the removal, save the removal, save the removal while you're eking out. Let's call it air quotes one point of damage from your thermal alchemist when really it's like ten a turn. Yeah. Yeah. I like also, that and then you can do that ten a turn, five six times. I love it. Yeah, it's a good card. Pick okay. them up. Twenty cents. Milk list. Everybody loves the milk list. So the milk list, as per EDHrec.com, is the most commonly played cards in any color pairing at each converted mana cost. Right. In red blue, we go from zero to sixteen. The zero drop slot, ever flowing chalice. Are yes. we playing it? We are not. One drop slot. Soul Ring. Yes. Of course we are. Is it Signet at two? Yep. Counterflux at three? No. That's one of those red-blue instants I was telling you about. <laughs> Factor Fiction at four? No. Gilded Lotus at five? Nope. Charm Breaker Devils at six? Nope. Fire Mines Foresight, another red-blue instant and tutor at seven? Nope. That's a good one. Treasure Cruise at eight, one that I recommended. Nope. Treasure Cruise actually costs one, but costs eight. <laughs> Not when your spells aren't going to the graveyard. Ooh, I suppose. Yeah. Or if they have flashback. They can't be removing them then. I suppose. Yeah. Blasphemous Act at nine. Nope. Probably don't need it in this deck, eh? Nope. Omniscience at ten. Nope. That'd be a good one in this deck if you had the mana to pay it. It costs like a hundred mana. Or yeah. ten. Yeah, it costs ten. It's kind of a win more card at that point, I think. I think it's a win more card. Yeah, that's right. Temporal Trespass at 11. Nope. That's the flashback, ta or sorry, that's the delve, take an extra turn card. Still doesn't play it. Nah, 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 nah. Enter the Infinite at 12. Nope. Emicrole Promised End. Nope. Dink Mouth Infusion at 14. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't found a home for that one. No. Emicrole Eon's Torn at 15. Nope. Draco at 16. Nope. Two Milk List matches. Good on you, Ch -ch -ch Chia. And me. And Ryan. Woo! Hooray! Two Melkless matches. Okay. Now, the other metric by which we judge the spiciness of our deck is the spice calculator. Now, we had mentioned earlier in the show, 12th most common is it commander on edhrec.com with 145 lists. Not very many. Yeah, just, and she's, like you say, she's only above Ludovic Necro Alchemist and Kurumi Ludovic's Opus, and they are both tragically awful. When you put them together, they're pretty okay. Yes, but yeah. apart, they suck. Average converted mana cost. Now, I like this one. 2.53. That Super is Super low. It's a lie, though. It kind of is because you're paying buyback, right? Yes, you're in, paying in, buyback. So your three mana cost things cost six, and your one mana cost things cost six. Until they don't. Yes, until they don't. Or your, here's the other thing, your higher mana cost things cost lower to transmute. 
Uh, no, vice versa, because you're playing two drop things that cost three to transmute. Right. So it's it's definitely a lie, yeah, for sure. And your your flashback things cost more and stuff, but still cheap if you're just getting for value. Correct. Like sometimes you have to do right. That's right. Critical turn five. We talked about playing uh, Tibor and Lumen out on turn two or three. If you can get a tutor on the turn after, and you tutor for Grafted Exoskeleton or Basilisk Caller, that's a hard game to win. If that happens on turn four or five. Yes. So. I said critical turn five because I think it's not uncommon for that exact sequence of plays to happen. Wouldn't be hard. Would not very, be hard at all. Very excellent. Optimal game size, four. The more players you have to try and control and the more players you have to try and uh, kill creatures by dealing one damage to, the worse this deck hits, I think. Yes, eventually you're going to have somebody that runs in, that runs a bunch of beaters and you don't have your Basilisk Caller and you're going to have a problem. Yeah, like Angry Omnath would not be a good match for this deck. The other thing that we look at is the number of tutors and the original list has five tutors in it and I kept all five but I think if we're not trying to combo out ASAP like the original list is we could cut those tutors namely the transmute cards because those that's three mana to tutor for something something with a specific mana cost as opposed to just getting anything correct I mean what you're getting of course is usually basilisk collar Grafted exoskeleton, yeah. da, da 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 da. But or maybe you cut mystical tutor because that doesn't find you those equipments. Yeah, and you're still cutting a tutor in that case, and mystical tutor is a few bucks, right? So yes, maybe so. you're going to save yourself a little bit of money there. Forty-two unique cards in this list compared to the stock list on EDHRec.com. Nice. So it gained a ton of spicy because of that. Punch it all in. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Thirty-six on the spicy meter. It's not very good. It's not super good, but if you did cut that Mystical Tutor, your spicy is going to go up to 38 only. If you cut all the tutors like I had originally thought, if you cut all the tutors set one, because the spicy formula lets you hit play one tutor, 59. That's not too bad. That's that, getting good. That's where you like to live. Yeah, because there's so many cards that are unique to this deck specifically as a control deck instead of a T-Born Lumina stock list. Nice. I like it. I dig that. That's the deck? That's how to play the deck. Yeah, that too. Give it a check out on our tapped out page. Brando will quickly go over some of the social media coordinates. Uh, big shout out to Achachachia for the list and the patronage, the patronosity, we call it. Correct. And final thoughts of the day. Final thoughts of the day. We already told you about this deck and this list and how much kind of interesting stuff you're going to get out of it. You're either going to get blown out because you're playing garbage or you are going to wow every one of your friends with how much amazing stuff that you can do by playing hot garbage. Not the most exciting deck for Ryan to build, which leads me into something that we should have touched on earlier, but I'll tell you now, tease it up for the next episode, this ARCs giveaway. For this giveaway to enter, obviously patronage gets you some, some entries, but for everybody out there, everybody can enter. All you got to do is like share our Facebook page, just help us expand CCO Nation, help us get out there. You'll be entered into a draw. We haven't quite decided the number of cards yet, or particularly the cards that will be in it, but since this is the arc of opposition, it's going to be the giveaway of opposition, where we are going to give you guys a package of cards that we hate. Those cards that hit the table and we go, God damn it! Are you kidding me? I don't, damn it! There's going to be a Narset, because I hate Narset, but I'm not sure what else is going to be in there. But we're going to have the list quasi-together, and we'll get part of it out to you on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. 
Hit our theme song. Ooh.